Bergman Brothers Broadcast. This is a, our weekly podcast here, where we are two brothers who love classic films. We love TCM, Turner Classic Movies. And uh, we decided to do this podcast just out of our love for each other, out of our love for classic movies. And uh, we got a dilly this week. Oh, boy. Uh, that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. We do. This was uh, This was really tough for me to pick, like, my two or three favorites. Because there's so many, there's so many good spy films, and then there's honorable mentions. I think. Well, wow, so you... you just gave up, you just gave up what we were doing. No, oh. just went right into it. See, I'm, I wouldn't make a good spy. <laughs> no, just <laughs> coughed it up right away. I just gave it up. Interrogation. Yeah. Eh, I spilled the beans. Just the first degree. <laughs> Didn't even get to the second or third degree. First degree gave it. No up. resistance whatsoever. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yes. So you you had emailed me this idea, and uh, I was like, "Yes, definitely, let's do it." But I I had some questions, but I didn't want to ask those questions until we talked about it a little bit. So, and obviously, we don't know what films we're picking. Our favorite kind of spy espionage films. Um, so, my question was, you know, the person in the film doesn't, or the protagonist doesn't necessarily need to be a spy, right? Like there could be spies in the film and, and there's definitely espionage in the film, but you know, that that's where I kind of got thrown on this. You know, the wow. protagonist does not need to be a spy. That's how I thought of it. No, I don't think so. I mean, because there's so much, you know, trickery, you know, like sometimes we don't, we don't know who, yeah, we don't, we, you know, we, sometimes we think the antagonist is, is the antagonist and then they turn out to be somebody else, you know? Yeah, I just, you know, a lot of these movies that I was looking at, ones that I really like, you know, there's an espionage or kind of spy, you know, part to it or even a big part to it. Not necessarily the protagonist. So sometimes, yes. Yeah, um, and, that, and it's not such an easy genre to identify because yes. sometimes, you know, thriller doesn't necessarily mean a spy film. Of course, it could be a drama thriller, you know. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, no, so, I, and so, I, agree, I, agree, I agree with that. I um. And I got to say, it's one of the few genres, I think, in my opinion, that still is holds up well today, meaning they still make good spy films, you know. Uh, oh, I'm they do. Fan, yeah. I'm a big fan of the Bourne films. Totally. Uh, um, and, of course, the Mission Impossible films, you love those, and they're really entertaining. Yep. They're tremendous. Uh, yeah. Location shots are great. They move really fast, you know, so holds your interest. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, it's it's just a genre that they're still making. I think quality films today with. Did you have an easy time like selecting mm-hmm. like ones that are your favorite? And were they your favorite? Did you just did you like it because it's like it's a Picasso and like you're supposed to like it? No, no, you no. Okay, no, I you really. Like I, I I you know maybe one one of my picks might be obvious. Definitely one of them wouldn't be. It's just a personal favorite. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that, that's it's just one that I always enjoy viewing, um, you know. So I love the concept of the the wrong man, you know, who's thrust into a world of espionage. Uh, you know, this innocent person, man or woman. Uh, hashtag me too. I don't want to offend any women. Um, <laughs> you know that uh, it's just they're thrust into this world that you know, they never expected to be thrust upon. So how yeah. do they deal with it? You know, and that, that's such an 
interesting uh, plot line for me, and I'm a sucker for it. And Hitchcock did it. I mean, it was like every Hitchcock film was that. Uh, starting with the 39 Steps, going up to North by Northwest, all those films are just about this innocent guy who suddenly gets thrust into this crazy world. And it's kind of cool because it, the innocent guy is the guy that's relatable generally to the to the audience. Totally. So that that makes you just like, well, that could be me. It could be me. If I go to a foreign country, that could happen to me. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I could be thrust into a world of espionage and I would fail miserably. I, I just I would get <laughs> everyone killed. It's so it's and... so true. It, 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 oh, it's really true about Hitchcock. I mean, even when I think of like the man who knew too much with Jimmy Stewart, Dark yeah. Day, and like you know, Jimmy Stewart was uh, well, he was a doctor, I think, and uh, and there he was, you know, thrown into like this whole giant intrigue and an assassination attempt. Not yeah. necessarily your a, a traditional spy a film, but nevertheless, that that meets the, uh, the meets the criteria. Yeah, it totally meets the criteria for uh, suspense, okay. but yet you know. Uh, but yet, you know, regular guy, just wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. So one of, one of my favorites is directed by Fritz Lang from 1944. And Fritz Lang, obviously German, he'd escaped from uh, Germany, you know, during the rise of the Nazis. You will be sent to the Russian front. Thank you, Schultz. Yeah, uh, commandant. And uh, he... Um, <laughs> That had a profound effect upon the movies that he made. Um, so I picked this one from 1944, Ray Milland, Ministry of Fear. is one of my favorite. Wow. Long man gets thrown into a world of Nazi spies and espionage. You know, simple plot. Well, I shouldn't say that, really. He's a mental patient who's uh, let go from an institution for supposedly killing his wife, but he really didn't. Um, she was terminally ill and he was going to give her poison to put her out of her misery, and then he decided not to, and then she ends up committing suicide with the poison. So he's kind of wrongfully convicted, I guess, but he's released, he's let go, and he ends up at this carnival, and he, he guesses the weight of a cake correctly, and the cake has these Nazi secrets in it, this microfilm, and he has no idea. He takes the cake with him, and suddenly everybody wants this cake. And all these people are vying to get this cake from him. It's almost comical in the sense that the cake is used as a device. Um, but he is just thrust into a world of this Nazi spying and trying to out these people. I have not seen this film, I have to say. Wow. Yep. Well, you, got, you got me on this one. I haven't seen it. When we're done, hang up and watch <laughs> the film. Um, it has all the film noir elements, too. It's very dark. Um, and, you know, of course, the war is still going on at this time. So you feel the war. It's a really cool flick. You know, it's it, it's mystery. It's thriller. Film noir. Definitely spy. Definitely espionage. Um, and it, it it's just kind of a neat flick. It's not one that, you know, is probably on everybody's radar. It's probably not even considered one of his best films. But for some reason, I am just a sucker for it. Every time I see it, I watch it. I own it. I love it. Um, so there now, you go. now, now, just to talk, just to reference TCM for a minute, do, have they run this uh, on TCM? I believe I have seen it on TCM. Oh, yes. cool! Wow, that's awesome. Um, that's great. So next time it's on, I'll let you know. Wow, Ministry of Fear. Yep, cool. check it out. Uh, would not have thought uh, you you got me on that one. You know, if we're if we're going to go with three. I mean, I, I have. You three. can go with more. I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah. If you're having a hard time, that's fine. 
Yeah, I, I'll make some honorable mentions when you know at the end. But I, I well, this was, uh, hmm. <laughs> you know, I, the first one I'm going to go with uh, is maybe my favorite, partially sentimentality. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, a James Bond film, and I'll, I'll give you if you want to guess, you 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 can uh, for fun. No, no, I know what take away your thunder. Go for it. <laughs> uh, Goldfinger. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. Here's here's how I I I arrived at this uh, in kind of a in a roundabout way because when you know you think of spy films, there's I mean there's. There's like you said. There's the Mission Impossible. There's the Born Legacy. There's uh, you know the spy who came in from the cold, the Ipcris file. Uh, you know there's uh, the Third Man, the Thirty Nine Steps. I mean, there's so many. But what I started to think is, what about the spoof films? You know that were made on spy films, Austin Powers, and then more recently, Melissa McCarthy. She starred in the movie The Spy, which I just thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. It was so funny. But, you know, it's almost as though Goldfinger has become, it's like two genres. It, it, be, it was the, you know, considered one of the greatest, you know, James Bond films. But yet it's now kind of like almost a spoof in a way because it's a little campier uh, than it was, you know. But it doesn't take itself too seriously. You know, the film, when it came out, there was a lot of humor in the film. And but yet, you know, with the car, you know, the James Bond Aston Martin, which I, you know, I mean, I had the little model when I was a kid. And then you've got the James, the John Barry score, great songs, great music, great title song. And then you've got like one of the great villains, Gerd Frobe, uh, Pussy Galore. I mean, it's it's very cartoonish. By the way, I've read that he didn't speak any English. Oh, and then it was all phonetic that he had to. (laughs) Yeah, well, they tried. I mean, they tried, but you couldn't understand him. So there was an actor that they had to dub his entire performance. It's it's amazing. Like, (laughs) you know, and it's great. I mean, you know, it my favorite line. My favorite line in that movie. Uh, No, Mister Bond, I expect you to die. Exactly. That's fantastic. Great line. (laughs) Whoever delivered it did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of, that fills the whole thing for me because it's your, it's, it's one of the great spy films, but yet it's also a spoof. So it, it takes itself not too seriously, but it's fun. It moves. I mean, the location shots are amazing. You know, I love that he tried to cheat him at golf. And then he still won. Right. That was, yeah. It's one of the best. Parts right. Of the movie. He out cheated him. You know, exactly. It's exactly. Just, it, it's it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's going to be my all time favorite. You know, anything else is just uh, it meets all the criteria for, you know, humor, intrigue and, you know, silly, silly uh, villains. You know, I mean, he's like I mean, he's been parodied by so many, you know, animated oh, yeah, shows, course, you know. So, yeah. So that's my first pick. Well, um, since we're on that line, I wouldn't have probably, I was going to move this up, but since we're talking about that, I'll go with mine. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's from Rush With Love. It's mm-hmm. always been my favorite James Bond film. Goldfinger is really kind of probably a close second for me. Um, but from Rush With Love is just like where 
it was all coming together, you know, where Dr. No was really good, uh, but they were still kind of working it out a little bit. And then by the time they made Rush from Rush of Love, it, just a year later, it was just, it was incredible, you know? So the movie is exciting. It's fun. It wasn't over technical with all the gadgets. There were a couple of cool gadgets, like his briefcase, which I love the exploding briefcase. Um, but you know, it, it, it's it's exciting. It, it's you never know what's going to happen next. Great villains once again. We get to see Blofeld for the first time, just petting the cat. Um, Rosa Klebb, played by uh, Lottie Lenya, is an awesome villain. Fantastic. Uh, and I almost think that she was like when Austin when they made when Mike Myers made Austin Powers when he created the character of Frau Fabissina. You know, oh, right? totally. Right. I mean, that's like that comes from. Very right, and yeah, so- and you know, there's some real subtle. I, I wouldn't even say they're that subtle when you watch it. Um, you know, uh, kind of references that she's a lesbian. Um, she places <laughs> her hand on the on the girl who you know is the protagonist, the Russian spy, and you could tell that it's very creepy the way that she does it. Uh, so it's very interesting. They kind of snuck that in there. They didn't want to hit you over the head with it. Um, and by the way, I do think the girl who is the, uh, the spy who ends up turning good, obviously, she's, I think, the most beautiful Bond girl ever, in my opinion, of all. The, and wow. I think her name is Daniela Bianchi, you know, and, Wait, and you she know was. We, we could do a whole show on Bond girls. You know? We could. We, 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 like... we really could. Um, <laughs> and I would enjoy that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but yeah, she just, I think, is absolutely gorgeous. But yeah, that movie's just great. Yeah, she Robert is, she... Shaw. Is in it? He uh, plays Robert Shaw. See, that's easy to do, Robert Shaw. All you have to do is just close your mouth and just talk and bear- out of the side of your mouth like a parrot. Do you remember what Irish accent? Do you remember when she puts the um, brass knuckles on and hits him in the stomach? To oh see if he'll man, flin- yeah. Clinch? When she when he's outside working out, yeah, she meets exactly. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> love that. Love that. Yeah, I mean, I just think um, that I don't want to take anything away from Goldfinger. Well, like you, said, you know, speaking of that, from Russia with Love. Honestly, when I very first saw it, it has the scariest open. And like part of me wants to give it away, but it's the coolest opening. It's a I great think. open. It's, yeah. a, it's an amazing opening, you know, because you're like, well, what's going on? What? Totally. So, I mean, for anybody that hasn't seen it, it's worth it just to see the first three minutes. Yep. It, it's really cool. Yep. No, I, I agree. And, and, you know, all these years later, you know, I mean, Daniel Craig's doing a great job as James Bond. The movies are very entertaining. Oh, totally. Um, in, in fact, you know that uh, uh, Skyfall is the pick for the best spy movie in the James Bond franchise. You know, people review it and they say it's the best. And I have to say, I think it is. It's good. But, yeah, yeah, it, it, know. you know, he, he like he meets a lot of the physicality. And, you know, he certainly has the darker side of James Bond. But I just, you know, it's really tough. To beat Sean Connery. Well, that's the thing about Connery was is that he was able to, he was able to play kind of funny and loose, but also he kept it serious when he needed to and was intense when he needed to be. And you know where Roger Moore could be too loose at times and you know not convincing enough on the other end of it. Connery is just the best. You know, Daniel Craig kind of lacks a little bit of humor. Um, but he plays, you're right, the darker, intense Bond really well. Yeah, plus the fact, too, you know, I mean, the fact that it was made, uh, Goldfinger in 1964, 
the Russia with Love was 63, right? It was the year yeah, before, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How they got away in the censors with John Connery saying, pushy. I'll never. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I really don't know. I, I don't know how they got away with that. But I, pushy, I, pushy, pushy. I, you just don't know. Like, how did that happen exactly? And he just, I mean, I would have loved to have seen the. The outtakes on that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they had a good time. Yeah, I'm sure. They had a good time. <laughs> hey, so Sean, anyway. could you give us that one again? The sound. Yeah. It was. We didn't get the sound on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, from Russia with Love. Uh, it's, that's a great pick, and I really, know that's always been one of your faves. If not, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a great pick. <clears throat> Thanks. I appreciate your support and, and agreeing with me. Yes. <laughs> it's much easier that way when you agree. <laughs> I have low resistance this time of night. Uh, all right. So uh, keep going. What else do you got on your list here? Well, I don't know. I'm going to maybe this, this might throw you, but I went with Three Days of the Condor with Robert Redford and Faye nah, Dunaway. It doesn't throw me. It's, it's always been a huge, huge one of yours. Plays yeah. Joe Turner. Oh, man. And I just, you know, my, I think my favorite line from that film is w- when he's in a cafe, when he's in a little diner, and there's a guy sitting next to him. He says, well, what do you do for a living? And he says, I read. He says, read what? Yeah. Everything. Yep. And, you know, he worked for uh, the CIA, and yep. he was, uh, you know, CIA operative that was a reader, a researcher. And um, it's, again, this movie the opening of this movie is so cool that um, yeah. it, again, it's like, Whoa, it, the action is really great. The, the, the villains in it are, not, they're not so obvious, which is what I really like about this film. Um, you've got uh, Max von Sydow, who yeah, he's great. Oh, he's, he's unbelievable in it. And I'm not going to say whether he's the villain or not. And you have Cliff Robertson. Yeah. Really terrific in it. Very uh, Dunaway. You know, has uh, not as large of a role, but yet big enough. And, you know, she she definitely had something really cool to the. That's, I think, the only weak link in that film is her, frankly. Well, you know, she was of the the time, you know. um, It's just not a great role. Yeah, it's not a great role, you know, but she's she's compelling enough to watch, you know. Oh, yeah. She's Um, a good actress. Yeah. I just feel like the role was not a great role. Yeah. not Other than that, that's a really great film. It's not a great, you know, and it's, you know, again, it's got that 70s, you know, feel to it. And then again, I have to say it's a sentimental pick for me. It was the first R-rated film I saw. Like, Dad, Dad took me to see that film with with uh, with uh, friends of ours, you know, Mark, really? Mark, Art and Mark Levin and Dad and I, the four of us, went to see that film. And 1975, so I'd be 15. I was a little bit underage to see an R-rated film. That was your first R-rated film? That was the first R-rated film that I went to in a movie theater. Yeah. Do you know what mine was? Um, <laughs> well, 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 Leave well it. wait a second. Wait a minute. Did I know we're getting go, off topic. Did you go with your friends? Or did no, you no, no. With... Mom, mom took me. Mom oh. took me. Oh, wait a minute. Was it when we went to see The Shining? Yeah. The three of us? <laughs> yeah. That was your first R-rated film? What a, she should have been, like, literally, I should have been taken away from her. Um <laughs> Department of Social <laughs> Services should have taken me away. Like, yeah, I, I don't even know if I was to the delinquency of a serious mind. Or were you seven, nine? No, I was a little. I was probably eleven. Yeah, but it it was pretty intense. You know, it oh really my was. god, it's super scary. 
and <laughs> it's just I'm not sure of her judgment call, but you know, I think what it was is because she knew I like scary movies. Not that we want to get off topic here, so she thought I'd be okay with it. But uh, that's you know the three days of the condor was your first R. Oh uh, yeah, that's my first yeah. R rated movie. Yeah, yeah. and it was really. And there's another little side note to it too: is that when Robert Redford opens the door to the the, the agency, uh-huh. he's on a he's on it's like a brownstone. It's kind of cool looking, and he's at the top of the steps, and they have. Uh, a, a low angle shot where you can, where he looks maybe a little bit taller, you know, and he's, he's wearing a Navy pea coat. And I remember dad, our father, who's in the fashion industry saying, you see that, that is going to be a big seller this year. He's going to make that, that coat sell. And man, it was like, I had a pea coat. Like and they, they were all in the department stores. It was like a big thing. Side note, but uh, again, he's really – it's one of my favorite – Did Redford produce that? I know he produced you know, a lot of movies um, in the 70s. I, I, I don't know. Um, I'd have to check on that. I'm not really sure. <clears throat> Didn't he produce uh, All the President's Men? Was yes, he? yes. Okay, and he yes. produced a couple other films. Yeah, I yeah. was I was curious if he did. We'll have to look that up. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a great movie, a great pick. Um, I think I'm just going to go with this pick. It's a movie we both love. Once again, I think – it kind of falls under that. The Towering Inferno. No, <laughs> it's not one we both love. Uh, it's uh, from 1976. It's from it's Marathon Man. Um, oh man! And I think I I I just love that movie because it, it once again the 70s. So it's a, it has a grittiness to it that the 70s had. Um, and you've got a really great cast of actors in there. You just do, you know, everybody from obviously, you know, William Devane and William Devane. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of teeth, a lot of teeth. Uh, you got Roy Scheider, of course, and then you know Dustin Hoffman and and Lawrence Olivier. And and you know, I know Olivier is considered one of the great actors of all time. And I've watched, you know, a fair amount of his films. And I mean, I I get that he's good. But when you watch that movie, you're like, wow, like he was so compelling as Zell. And I just once again, it's that wrong man thrust into this world. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting when you see him, you know, in other roles, whether, you know, I mean, there's, uh, you know, it's like he's in the movie Sleuth with Michael Caine and he's in uh you know, when it, when it, Withering Heights, you know, you always get the feeling like, wow, I'm watching like this great Shakespearean actor and he's a, he's amazing. But you just get that, there's that vibe that you get. But when like you watch him in this, you, it's like an actor, you know, is, is they don't want to, you don't get so lost in the character that you don't know where your mark is. You don't know what you're doing. Like, we're supposed to get lost in the character as the audience. But it's like he became Zell. I mean, he totally. became, I mean, like I thought that every single Nazi that was still alive looked like him. Oh, totally. And just the way that he's washing his hands yeah. in, in the scene, obviously, with the drill. Um, just the way that he does that, it's, it's so subtle. But it's great. It just adds to that character. And, you know, when he keeps asking, is it safe? Is it safe? Right. Now, what's one of your favorite lines? You just told me this a few weeks ago. We talked about this, and it's it's not funny, but we laugh at it. Um, it's it's there's there's a somebody recognizes him. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, 
yeah, when on the street, <laughs> yeah, on the street, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. I know who you are. I know who you are. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then he pulls it's... out that wrist knife, you know, the switchblade, and uh, yeah, no, just a brutal film, you know, and not a really very upbeat film at all. I mean, a very, you know, it's a very downbeat film in many no, ways. And, and you know, I got to tell you what, it might be. It might be one of my favorite Dustin Hoffman films. He is, he he does that yeah. role yeah. so well. He doesn't overplay it. You know, there's a gentility about him. Um, there's a shyness about him. I mean, he's he's great in it. That might be one of my faves. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it, it's uh, and it's neat to kind of see. You know, Roy Scheider and Dustin Hoffman don't scream brothers to me. Um, uh, no, not um, at all. But, you know, for, for the short period of time, it works. Yeah, it and, does work. You know, yeah, it's just really – it's a great film. I think and you know who it, else is in that who does really nicely job is the, uh, is the professor. Uh, I believe it's oh, Fritz Weaver, right? Fritz Weaver. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, yes. he's great in it too. Like every, every actor that was in this, every performer was, was, was really notable in that, you know. It's, it's amazing. Totally well cast, yeah. Just a great film and – one that I still enjoy. So yeah, there you go. Oh man, I was gonna pick that, but I went, I went a little, I went, I went a little rogue on you, Lawrence, and I went with Steven Spielberg's Munich. All right, so I said that's I love that film, and I didn't know we were going that modern, but because that film was one that I thought of, I love that movie. Yeah, well, I mean, I look honorable mentions for me, and I'll just do it really quickly, you know is the end scene of The Third Man, The 39 Steps, uh, the first Mission Impossible, which I think is, you know, maybe one of the best of the franchise. Argo, a more recent one, <clears throat> you know, for just on the edge of your seat. I mean, I just, it was, I was like tense and nervous uh, when I was watching that movie in the theater. But Munich is, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of, I, I don't feel like I know what's going to happen you know, and, and yet I kind of know the story, which is kind of cool. It's like all the president's men. We, can, we know the outcome. But yet the way the movie has got us moving in directions, we're, we're not really sure what's happening from scene to scene and how it's really going to unfold. So I, I just, you know, and the fact that, you know, it was it was an awful thing that happened, you know, uh, in 1973 at yeah. the Olympics, you know, in Germany. And and the very fact that. You know, they I mean, you know, the Israeli government was was insistent on on getting the bad guys. And they did. Sure. sure they got them. You know, yeah, they got them. And, you know, so and, and the way Spielberg does, the, you know, the, the movie, I don't know, I guess maybe I, I like it because it's it's very cinematic. You know, the you know, everything is done in such a Spielbergian just it's it's larger than life. The color you know, the, the action is, it's very watchable, you know, uh, is, you know, the 39 steps again, I, I love that film, but it, it's, it, it's a little, it's a little tougher to watch, you know, just because of how, you know, how old it is, you know, 1935. Well, you, you know, know I, I was watching it. It's funny. I was watching it the other night and I was, and I said, you know what the, this movie needs is a soundtrack. Um, because <laughs> it's yeah. all there. It's, it's a great film. It really yeah. is. And there's a lot of really cool action. Um, but, you know, I, a lot of movies still had not really incorporated or understood the impact that music could have on the telling of a story. So 
uh, and I think that was to come. And it was still years to come. So they were still kind of moving music in and out. But anyway, Munich, great film. Um, and I think because it doesn't have big stars too, that really exactly. helps it. That helps it. It seems more authentic. Um, it adds the realism. Yeah, so that's a good pick. I um, A couple of honorable mentions for me, two films are really similar, which was The House on 92nd Street and 13 Rue Madeleine. Um, from oh, 1945. That's a nice, that's a good film from 45 and 47. So, yeah, what I like about those movies is they're kind of these faux documentaries. They're kind of half, you know, they, they tell it in a documentary style, but it's a narrative story. And uh, both of them are dealing, you know, once again with kind of the Nazi spies and rooting out Nazi spies. Um, really entertaining films in that, that documentary style really lends itself well to, I think, both stories. Um, and it's a later role for Cagney, and he's pretty good in it, too. Uh, he really is. Uh, he's I'm not, a Yankee Doodle Dandy. He doesn't sing that in this movie. but He does, he does. <laughs> it's in the extras. <laughs> but, he, um, but once again, really two cool flicks that I think, for those, for those of you that you know, kind of I've like that nonsense. I have to revisit that again. It was just on about a year and a half ago, and I, and I, I, I liked it. So I have to see it again. You should see The House you know? on 92nd <clears throat> Street. Have you seen that one? Um, That's really good. You it, know, it's similar, similar, similar style uh, told yeah. in that half documentary. Who's in that? Um, honestly, there's nobody. The biggest star in there is Lloyd Nolan, I think. It's not really filled with big stars. Lloyd uh, Nolan. Oh, yeah, he's good. Is Jerry Lewis in that? Jerry Lewis is not in that. <laughs> But Lou Costello is. So. <laughs> just he. Yeah. I knew there was a comic in there. Yeah, really was, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, no, it's a. Uh, but no, definitely worthwhile. Good, you know, if you like those kind of Nazi flicks. Um, that's a that's worthwhile. Wow, good, good pick. Well, I I don't have any more honorable mentions, but I do have to say. Just a quick thing about the third man. First of all, it took forever for me to get through that movie. I had not seen the whole movie. The soundtrack is like it's like dun, 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 dun. it's like with the yeah, it's like yeah, the gypsy yeah. guitar. It drives you insane. It absolutely drives you insane. But the cool thing about it is, I love the ending of it. It's a great ending. It is. Um, it's really it's really fun. You know, if you can get there. I mean, it's just a long. You know, the movie's only like, it's not even two hours, but it just seemed longer than that. But the, one of the funniest things about the movie is Bernard Lee is in that film and he plays um, uh, he plays like an officer in the film. And of course, B Bernard Lee would, would go on to star in the 1960s in the James Bond franchises to be he was the character of M. Yep. Right. So uh, I thought that was kind of cool to see him him in that. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, one of those movies where I saw it. I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, um, that's how I feel for, about it. For it doesn't compel me back again and again. Yeah, not really. It would be on my clip reel, maybe. You know, like I'd have to take a scene from it and say, "Wow, that's a really cool scene." You know, um, I mean, it's fun when Orson Welles does show up as Harry Lyme. Yeah, it's fun, and I mean, Joseph it. Cotton is good in it. I mean, he holds the movie, he holds it together. Um, and Joseph Cotton was a good, solid actor. Yeah, um, but Joseph Cotton is he is a good but it's like watching Hume Cronin for like 121 minutes. I, I just don't know how compelling a, that's going to, you know, <laughs> he, 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 I and again, I don't want to get on Hume Cronin. He was a really good actor, but he was more of a supporting player, wasn't right, a, right. A, a lead, you know. 
Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. I, I, uh, like I said, glad I saw it. Yeah, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't way. make my final. Wouldn't make my final list. It really wouldn't. Um, I mean, and, and, and we mentioned at the beginning. I mean, you could mention any number of Hitchcock films. I kind of just wanted to step outside that realm a little bit. Um, I've always loved the movie Saboteur. That's a great film. It's a lot of Saboteur, fun. Saboteur, another Hitchcock film. Mm-hmm. You know? And, of course, North mm-hmm. by Northwest and Notorious. Well, I had that on there, too. Thank you for mentioning that. I, I thought you were going to pick Notorious because, no. you know, you, yeah. But I like I don't it. Know, I, but I, yeah. 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 I was – I kind of – there were some things I really – I really liked about it, you know, where I thought I, but didn't, it just didn't hit me in the top three. It just, it's not in my top three. Um, now I have a question for you. I know this is our spy podcast, but our salute to spy films, but I wonder if I can make an, uh, um, an honorable mention today because today is December 9th, 2018. It is the 102nd birthday of Kirk Douglas who, Oh, oh yeah is you know one of the great hollywood movie stars from the golden age of hollywood yeah and he's 102 today and tcm was running oh man they were running a, a man with a horn and lust for life is uh sure is, you know vincent oh vincent van gogh yes. by my painting just one <laughs> just one painting i gotta sell <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty good. Yes. Yeah, so happy birthday, uh, Kirk. happy birthday, happy birthday, Kirk. Really, I'm, yes. I'm sure you're listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you. That was very nice that you brought that up. Uh, yes, uh, and they yeah. they have been doing a, a nice tribute and uh, well deserved. There's not too many like Kirk running around. That's pretty impressive. Pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, we should we should do a you know a salute. Maybe maybe we'll do it. Maybe we should do a podcast salute to Kirk Douglas. I mean, he's done some great some great films. He really has. And, I know, mean, we could he's do... one of the only you know a classic actors you know left. Olivia De Havilland, another one is one hundred and two. Olivia De Havilland. I mean, an right? incredible yeah. career that she had. Incredible career. Totally. Norman Acting. Lloyd yeah. just turned one hundred and four in November. Yeah. Yeah. Like like centenarians, and there's there's a couple of more I think that are over a hundred. Yeah, there's there, there's probably a few, and then there's a few that are pushing it. I know Doris Day's getting up there. I think she's ninety six or ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, that was funny to see a man with a horn and they see the scene between Doris Day and Kirk Douglas. They're both alive. Yeah, you know, ninety six and one hundred two. <laughs> How about yeah? Very few movies like that. Uh, well, this was enjoyable. Uh, this was a good pick for the spy espionage ones. Uh, check these out uh, as they show up on TCM or look up some of the picks. Uh, send in some of your own, uh, and uh, we will be seeing you soon. Totally. Thank right. you, Lawrence. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey. Have a good night. Uh, all right. You too. All right. <laughs> Happy watching.